0: Welcome to the CTG Nation podcast, episode 24. It's going to be all about guns today, because Daddy went to the range, feeling good on night shift, back in my element. Um, So finally got to go to the range, if y'all are following any of our stuff on Instagram and Facebook. Um, Yeah, I was, you know, but when I got there, after I shot a little bit, um, I'd been shooting at work, but not enough on my off time, just because of, you know, schedule and, money constraints, basically. Um, I was, had a good time in there, but was also terrified because of, uh, some people that were at the indoor range I was at. Um, definitely a lower, uh, quality shooter in the ranges. Um, had some people shoot the ceiling a couple times, uh, had to give them a little bit of advice and we got out of there, uh, Kind of quickly as the crowd started to grow, but outside of that, um, it was a good a good day. So I'm going to talk about some uh, basic flat range shooting philosophy, um, like stuff stuff I do and I know everybody else kind of in our group does. Unless you're training for something specific, like some type of competition or. Um, you know, steel competitions, three-gun competitions. Um, if you're getting into long-range stuff, this is just basic basic handgun, maybe a little long gun, indoor range, outdoor range, you know, up 25, maybe up to 50 yards. Not a lot of movement, not a lot of stuff out of the holster just because of um, range rules and, and people around you. And, um, you know, some places will leave the last bay for more, like, high-speed guys or guys that they know um and then they kind of general public's closer in different bays depending on where you're at um but we were with uh we're with gin pop today um and it got it got a little scary with what you you saw some people doing (laughs) um i even recommended i was like hey lane this 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 you probably want to recommend like some classes then or whatever and uh you know, over the last year or two, they're like, yeah, that's kind of our regular clientele now. And I was like, oh boy. So if that gives you any hope. So usually when I go, I don't, um, I do not have a lot of shooting endurance. Um, whenever I shot in the military, that's kind of when I shot the most and was given the most ammunition. Um, <clears throat> so when I go it depends how many different weapon systems I'm taking different um, and by that I mean like different calibers handgun shotgun rifle whatever um, so today I took my my Glock 43 which is in nine which is my regular um, everyday carry gun off duty um, and then my Glock 22 which is the full size 40 caliber which is kind of my you know, next to the bed gun. Um and then I just took my my Ruger 1022 uh rifle out there cuz that's always fun and it, I know it has not been shot in a while. Um so with those I, I usually start from smaller caliber or smaller gun and move up. Um so I did the 43 and the 22 and then I did the I did the Ruger then just cuz it was like rifle and I was going to put the target out a little further. Um, I don't take just one target. I like to at least see some groupings after a while and I'll put, you know, maybe a hundred, 150 rounds into one target, depending on what I'm doing and also depending like who all is, you know, if it's busy at the range, I don't get as, as creative sometimes. I mean, you'll do some failure to stop, you know, high and low, and by that I mean, you know, two chest, head, two chest, pelvic girdle, um, and the pelvic kind of groin area, um, and then I start, start close, kind of like you do with uh, any course of fire within the law, within law enforcement, and, um, you know, if you qualify with M nine in the military and, and and whatever other handguns y'all might be using now, um. But just when I get into a regular pattern, that's usually how I do it. I go three, five, seven, um, I see where I suck in there. I might throw some one hand shooting here and there um like I said, because it's an indoor range, like you're not rocking anything from the uh from concealed or any holster combination um <clears throat> you're usually not you know, kneeling, lying down, stuff like that. It's all kind of stationary, rather boring, and rather loud in there. Um, but I think it's good to expose yourself to, you know, the indoor shooting with all the noise and maybe some of the other kind of people that are, uh, you know, in there that you might be able to help or they might be able to help you. And, um, I mean, I saw a lot of people in there, you know, helping and instructing other people you know, what their backgrounds were. I don't know. I mean, I didn't know anybody that was in there today. Um, it was kind of on the other side of town. I don't, I don't live or work over there anymore. Um, but it was a good time. Um, and whenever you go shooting, you always ask yourself like why you don't do it more. And then, you know, you kind of see how much it costs and with ammo and all that. And, uh, I just, I mean, it's all about, it's all about budgeting. I mean, I've noticed, nine mil specifically has been going down. Um, that's what my concealed weapon or my everyday carry Glock is. And that's what I use at work. So, so that works. There was a time when I was like all 40, so that was going to cost a little bit more. And it depends if you're, you know, shooting shotguns with the boys shooting skeet and you know, if you're going on a, you know, a five, five, six streak, whatever. It just kind of depends. Um, that's just a quick and dirty kind of flat range philosophy for for y'all out there just start close work on the fundamentals and then kind of move your way out and then it depends on what you know what you're training for I mean a 25 yard pistol shot is not a is not really a realistic thing I mean I've done it I've trained it I've even um trained out even further than that to see how far I can go um which once you start getting further out, it's easier when you have, when you're outside and and you got steel targets and all that. And, you know, I mean, we've, we've trained up to a hundred meters, um, with a pistol and you, you know, got to angle it right and grip might change a little bit and you try to find some support if you're allowed to do that, or if you're just doing it for shits and giggles. All right, moving on to some, uh, second amendment, current events. So as anybody knows that listens to this and knows, um, us, I mean, y'all know that we're extremely pro gun. I mean, we're not, there's, there, there are such thing as anti-gun law enforcement and, uh, military. Um, and there's some of them everywhere. Um, but as you will know, we are not fans of the current administration and stuff that um, the president and people that work for him have done in the past. And then what even what they're trying to do now, which is basically a blast from the past. They're pretty much trying to reinstitute everything they did in the 1994 crime bill um, along along with some type of uh, weapon uh band. I don't want to say assault weapons ban, but just some type of weapon ban. And I say that because in a lot of gun debates, we kind of on the you know pro-gun, usually right side of the aisle politically, we always uh kind of give maybe some more uh you know no pun intended ammunition to the opposition than we should. Um because if you just look up uh gun homicides in the United States uh it accounts for a very large amount of total homicides uh in a, in every state now it's going to be different from state to state I got let's see in Illinois let's see when were these stats I don't have a date on these All right, this one's a little older so this is from the 2011 FBI crime in the United States report which they're not going to vary too much from this but it's not going to include anything from the Corona times and it's going to be that stuff is like delayed by years anyway but so this will give you kind of a roundabout idea so example I believe the highest one in here let me look real quick the highest amount of handgun homicides at 97% is in Illinois, which you can imagine all of that or almost all of it is in Chicago. Um so out of their homicides, 97% of them were done with handguns. Uh California is 71, Texas 71, New York 89, and these are all large populous states. Pennsylvania 81, um, let me give you some examples further down that might be a little surprising. Uh, Oregon only thirty three percent. That's a lowish number. Kansas only at forty two percent homicide with firearm. Massachusetts is at forty three. Arkansas forty seven. Um in any of the really smaller, less populated states the numbers are so low it's kinda it's not even worth mentioning. <clears throat> so in these gun bills, they're always going after the you know, the scary black gun, the AR fifteen and any anything they you know, it was used in the military and it's a weapon of war and Blah blah blah. It's not necessarily a weapon award. It's just whatever weapons dealer or manufacturer like want a contract for the military, um, you know. And we're and I'm just t- and talking like standard issue stuff. I know like in special operations and some more high speed units and even some other um, specialized units um, within law enforcement, federal and local. They get you know, they have options. Um, but I just meant like big, big army, big Marine Corps. Um, so I just wanted to deviate on that with the, with the handguns, because they never really say anything about handguns. They always talk about the assault weapons. Um, so that was part of the bill that Biden did in the crime bill in 94, um, which is always is always debated, like, did it work, did it not work? You know, the NRA will say one thing, and then, you know, Senator Feinstein at a at California will say something else, saying that it reduced crime, but then doesn't really present any facts. Um, I mean, as a general rule, um, in in law enforcement, anybody that can speak on it from that time period, nobody really saw any, any differences. Um, basically if you just got caught with one or caught with one, if you committed a crime, then the, the punishment was more significant. But as a general, just knowledge in law enforcement, it, uh, it didn't do shit basically. Um, Clicking through all my articles here. All right, so with these, I mean, I say it's a crime bill. It doesn't really have a name yet. Um, but I mean, the president said that he's going to respond to uh, a spike in homicides across the country, Um, and president laid out a anti crime strategy from the White House that cracks down on. Uh, gun stores that allow federal or that do not follow federal rules steps up programs for recently released convicts and provides more support for police departments across the country so that's kind of a a double edged sword right there so very similar you know verbiage just in that little that little paragraph right there about um going after criminals, but then cracking down more on gun stores, which, again, they didn't really give any facts, as usual, uh, to support that that's where the crime is coming from. Uh, It could be that you kept people cooped up for, I don't know, depending on what state or city you're in, year, year and a half, you took away their jobs, you took away their purpose, you put people cooped up at home that aren't used to being cooped up like that all the time. Um, You took away, uh, you know, people's purpose in life. Like, if you have purpose, you don't fuck around as much. Um, You don't make mistakes. You don't, not as many mistakes. You don't take as many risks, careless risks. And that's from anything from a kid in elementary school, because that, that, gives them something to do every day and to learn and to socialize and and just just fucking learn in general. And then all the way up to just being an adult, having a job, making your money, paying your bills, like doing everything the right way. Like traditional going to school, going to work, saving money, taking care of your babies. You took away all that. So people are going to people are going to become more cooped up and more violent from that. So Holy shit. And you're surprised when the crime rate goes up. But these opinions are all coming from people that never really worked in their life anyway. I mean, let alone, you know, work work the streets. Um all right, so back to back to this article here on what the what the president was talking about. Um and one thing that was interesting is a whole crime went down a little bit last year but it was the is what stuck out was a 25% increase um in the murder rate and then violent crime was up about only 3%. Um so that would include like assaults and domestic violence and I'm not too surprised in South Carolina I'm not too surprised by that number um it's a little harder to find state-specific numbers on stuff like that, uh, but that will be talked about in the future because we'll 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 find it and get it. Um, going down the article, some of the stuff the president said—he's saying that it's a it's an American issue, not a red or blue issue. It's like okay, that's okay. I mean, you're not you're not saying anything anything new there. Um, and even in this article, which is actually from the Washington Post, um, you know, so whatever your opinion is of that, I try to get it from different sources. So I'll go traditionally left, traditionally right, um, just to cover topics that I like. Um, let's see here. In the 90s, the last time that Violence dominated the news for a sustained period of time. Law and order became a major campaign issue. Biden wrote a series of anti-crime measures, including the 1994 crime bill that critics say led to mass incarceration, Um, which it did. It wasn't really, it didn't really target. It, it It was a blanket, blanket type bill that incarcerated a lot of people that didn't really deserve it or had extended, you know, people were in prison for you know, simple possession, um, which, I mean, we barely even write that ticket anymore. You know, you got a little thing of skunk weed we tell you just to stomp it out. Like, it's... That depends where you are and just the situation, but... All right, in these bills in uh, included temporary ban on assault weapons, which that was from 94 to 2004. And I mean... If you're in this space, and if you give half a shit about guns, I mean, you can see where the the gun industry has exploded. Um, There's there's an AR company, like, in every single town. Um, I'm reading through this, and just so much of it sounds exactly like everything I've ever read about the crime bill in 94. With the exception of, so that last sentence I read in there, if y'all remembered from the first paragraph, let's go back here, and provides more support for police departments across the country. That is a very uh, rare sentence to come out from a uh, from a Democratic president or any Democratic leadership and it's really contradicting the uh, you know, the Defund the Police and ACAB, BLM, Antifa, whatever name you want to put at it or put on it. <clears throat> um, so what those resources are going to be, uh, I don't really know. I mean, the only stuff we've seen on kind of the base level here in South Carolina has been uh, s- some extra money because of Corona, um, which hasn't for us or anybody that I know has not, uh, you know, been with like equipment or pay or anything like that. Um, that's usually up to, you know, your local, you know, your county council, your city council, that's who really determines that. There's not really a federal influx that's going to change the way I do stuff and the equipment I have on a daily basis. Um, there are a lot of places that have been getting, you know, one-time bonus payments. Ours is coming down the road um, for all county employees, um, which, I mean, I'm not going to turn down money, uh, you know, being a single dad on in law enforcement. So it's welcome. But that's really the only stuff we've been seeing. So I don't, it doesn't really get into the details of how they're going to funnel money into law enforcement. But I just – I know where I'm at it would be used – the right way, but somewhere else, who knows? And then they're just giving some quotes, some people from Florida, some stuff about James Carville, saying what the President Clinton did back in the day, blah, blah, blah. Um, I think it was interesting how they want to go after gun stores. Um... And that's where we're going to pivot to next. The Biden administration threatens to revoke some gun dealers' licenses to include uh, those inside Second Amendment sanctuary states violating federal law. So we're going to see some conflict between some of these states, even cities and counties that have, uh, you know, either dubbed themselves or voted in in whatever capacity to be a sanctuary county or state. But the Biden administration is going to establish a zero tolerance for rogue gun dealers who violate federal law, threatening to revoke licenses as governors across the U.S. declare their states as Second Amendment sanctuaries, passing legislation that attempts to nullify federal gun laws, which usually those are for any type of ban or confiscation. Um, it's usually not worded. Some of them are. Some of them I've seen where it's any they take it all the, like the, the classic shout up, be fringe. Like they, it go it goes all the way. It doesn't get very specific. Some of them do with uh, most specific or recently with um, the braces that you can put on your, on your SBRs and stuff that ATF just kind of makes up their own, their own rules sometimes. Um, they like to forget about the legislative branch, but that's fine. There's already been Republican bills presented to abolish the ATF or significantly alter how they do or how they conduct business. All right. Let's see what we got here. The administration says that it will implement zero tolerance for rogue gun dealers that willfully violate the law, allowing the ATF to revoke federal firearms licenses, FFL. Um, the first time a dealer uh, goes against federal law, including transferring guns to prohibited individuals, failing to run a background check, falsifying records, uh, failing to respond to an ATF tracing request, uh, and refusing to permit the ATF to conduct an inspection in violation of the law again they do not they never give examples of where this happened or any type of evidence um and that's what bothers me the most is not having evidence and facts but we know that side of the aisle does not like doing that um because I haven't even heard of anything like that in South Carolina specifically which is what's most important to me um the administration also called on Congress to increase funding to the ATF in order to hire additional personnel so the Bureau can increase the number of inspections and enforcement actions. Okay, so just more money towards stuff where if you just enforced the laws in the first place or didn't have soft judges, uh, that would not be a problem. As you can tell, I'm just getting more aggravated as I'm going through this article. Then it goes on to talk about um, some other states that have uh, passed bills declaring themselves as sanctuary states, Um, Missouri, Montana, uh, but there's never any cut and dry, you know, how it's going to be combated between federal and state. So, but you can kind of see a collision course of states' rights against federal laws and regulations. Hopefully, hopefully they figure it out and it doesn't get violent in some places, but um, kind of a, <laughs> my one and only ATF story that I wasn't even involved with, but so no names or say where I was, but it was a, uh, I think I saw it maybe in, in the call history or I saw like information report of, uh, ATF went out to this one house. I was familiar with the guy, familiar with the area from other, uh, you know, non-firearm instances. Just somebody I already knew of, um, you know, wasn't a criminal or nothing. But we responded to their house in their area a few times, and I'd talked to them in in, in public before. And uh, the ATF, the ATF, was at the wrong house and wasn't really wasn't really conducting themselves in a professional manner. Um, I, I saw the you know, the information uh, that went through dispatch. Um, you know, talked to, talk to the officer that went out there, you know, the deputy that went out there. And uh, they did not, you know, dot their I's and cross their T's, making sure they're at the right place or even, you know, identifying the homeowner and who they were looking for. And uh, it was just... The, they were not very professional from what I, what I was told. I was not out there, but uh, it just sounded like a shit show to me. I'll put it that way. Um, so there's a way you got to kind of <laughs> conduct yourself and make sure you're not uh, <laughs> almost raiding the wrong house uh, for people that might have broke those laws, uh, which happens more than it should, unfortunately so hitting a little closer to home North Carolina governor uh Cooper uh which I have not heard a lot of good things about him but he somehow got reelected um vetoes bill that would allow that would have allowed guns in churches on school campuses so this is a little bit uh a little bit more specific um he vetoed a bill that went through the legislature which I don't really like that when it goes to you know, whoever's on the executive branch and they veto something that was, you know, voted in, uh, by Congress, uh, because that's, you know, who's closest to the people and represents the people. And then this one dude is just like, nah. Um, so North Carolina governor Roy Cooper, uh, voted a bill let vetoed a bill last week that would allow people to carry guns in churches held on school property if school was not in session, which is super common across the South. Um, The bill passed the Republican-led legislature earlier this month with limited Democratic support. Surprise, because we're like in the most polarized political environment of all time right now. Um, It was titled the Religious Assembly Security and... Protection Act of 2021 Uh, the governor basically says that you know that's not safe for the students and teachers Um, even though anybody that would carry a gun in that capacity would be a concealed weapons permit holder in that state and that number is virtually zero with them involved in gun crimes but Whatever. Black gun scary, right? <clears throat> Let's see if he gives any other reasons down here. So, my response to that, and I've talked to People that go to different churches across the south, talk to different um, you know, pastors and everything, and uh it's really up to the church. Now, with it being on school property, and that's I mean, that can get a little hairy, and I don't know how that how that's like ran differently in North Carolina than South Carolina. Um But a lot of churches have security. A lot of churches have and, you know, hired security and then security that they have, or they have a security plan, uh, you know, w- within the church with, you know, if there's, you know, you got veterans that go to the church, you have other law enforcement that goes to the church, um, you know, maybe some of the deacons will be armed, somebody at the doors, there's, there's a whole world of church security and how you handle that. Um, and that is one of those places where, you know, you're not allowed to carry, uh, in some situations you're not allowed to carry concealed. Um, so my kind of counterbalance to that is don't go to a church like that. I mean, most churches are a little bit more, more traditional and right leaning, um, and want to protect themselves. Um, and another thing that I was thinking of this week um and this goes along with our philosophy of public service is there's not enough well there's not enough people in public service in any capacity um but you can you can counter that by being a reserve officer, being a reserve deputy, and that puts you under. The Law Enforcement Officers Safety Act that they passed in two thousand four, um, which I mean, in layman's terms, if you got your credentials, you can carry across the nation, with the exception of like uh, federal property, um, certain banks. If it's 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 all really federal res- restrictions. Um, so, if you go through whatever program your state has and become a reserve officer. Or if you're a retired officer, which they I think like in the initial bill it was like at fifteen years to be vested, then you had to have, you know, a retirement ID and then they, they kinda changed that to uh they changed that to they back down to ten years, uh let's see, in an amendment in two thousand and ten. Any other amendment since then, um Really, just gets in the nitty gritty of like who it encompasses. There was some, some debate over Federal Reserve officers, Amtrak police. Uh, so, just those amendments were getting into more details. So, I don't see why more people aren't Reserve officers or, or even, well, I mean and I'm I'm just talking about reserve officers in this capacity but any type of public service being, you know, part-time or reserve you see around here I'm seeing signs for volunteer firefighters at every firehouse they, they need them that's how that's how it works in South Carolina like you've got to have volunteers because I know in the military the biggest division of the Marine Corps is 4th Division, which is out of New Orleans, and it's it's the Reserve Division, but it's the biggest. Um, I mean, the National Guard is huge in South Carolina. I feel like half the state is in the Guard. A lot of my leadership, or a lot of the leadership across South Carolina in law enforcement is or was... In the guard, be that Army, Air Force, whatever. Um, but then you look at your numbers, your personnel numbers in a sheriff's office or a police department, you know, say you got a hundred officers and there's only like five reserve cops. I don't know why I don't know why that number's so low. I don't I don't I gotta get I guess I got to get into the weeds of, you know, what's the correlation of, it's like, okay, you can have all these reservists in the military, but why aren't they, why aren't they, why isn't there a large reserve component in law enforcement? I mean, there's still, you know, you're still training that goes into that, you know, say it's uh, you know through a community college, and then some stuff you have to do through the academy, and then stuff you have to do at, specifically at the sheriff's office, and then you got to keep up with all with all your training and meet your monthly and then your yearly requirements that way too. But it's it's just like the military. So why don't we have more reservists in our community if we can do it for the guard? And then one of those benefits is being encompassed under the Law Enforcement Officer Safety Act. Um. I don't know, I, I I encourage people to go um, reserve and, and volunteer in some type of public service all, all the time. That's something we push personally. That's something we, we push with CTG. Um, and then that gets you involved in your community and you understand what's going on. So you're more involved, and educated citizen in your community. And then that will also lead to you... I don't want to say this. You'll actually know what's going on when you go vote. You'll know the issues. You'll know what you think could be solutions. And then you can judge more intelligently who you vote who who you want in office who you want on the school board who you want on county council who you want as your state rep you know all the way up so i think that can help help on so many levels because that's how you get when, when you're more informed you're more involved in your community hopefully that translates translates to you to you voting different differently hopefully better um for some individuals that can actually help your community and solve the problems. So I mean it starts all the way at the bottom because there's so many people I talk to all across the state, all across the county, even different parts of of Small municipality I worked in, they didn't even know what was going on a couple miles down the road within their own town. You know, they were in their own little bubble (laughs) within a jurisdiction of nine square miles, and they didn't even know what was going on a mile or two down Main Street. It's lazy. I don't want to say ignorant cuz people get so offended by ignorant but it is ignorance, you know, the lack of knowledge. That doesn't mean you're stupid. It's just the lack of knowing. So hopefully that gets you caught up on some of the gun stuff going on. Um I mean, we we definitely support all the sanctuary uh second amendment sanctuary um, bills that have been going on we all know that uh, a lot of people in D.C. are overreaching on a lot of this stuff and um, you know how how stuff happens and works in different parts of the country isn't how it works in South Carolina like we're not going to be the same as Illinois Columbia South Carolina is not going to be the same as Chicago uh, L.A it's a whole it's a whole different world so i'm not we are not big fans of some of these widespread blanketed policies coming from dc to affect the whole country when the way we do our jobs in rural south carolina and even in some of the quote cities in south carolina are so different they're so different. I mean, there's you police differently just in different parts of the state of South Carolina. You know, the low country handles stuff a little different than the Midlands, than the upstate, and that's within a very tiny state. So we got to pay attention to that stuff. So stay educated, keep training up, uh, training your mind, body, all that. Um, if you liked it, Tell us if you didn't. Also tell us um, if you got any recommendations or want us to expand on anything. Reach out on the Instagram or Facebook. That's the easiest. I mean, they're basically linked now. It's like more of the. It's basically the same thing. As always, make sure to like, share, review, and subscribe. Everything CTG. Um, pretty much, if you if you have an account on something, like us and follow us and share our stuff, because it's, like I always say, it's organic marketing. Some of our stuff, it gets in front of the right, right eyeballs. You can take our numbers up, get more money flow coming in, um, and it can bring, uh, you know, more content um, to y'all. Hope you enjoyed. See ya.